And hello, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Here we are again for another episode of the Hardly Millennial Podcast, where we are young, dumb, and full of opinions. Opinions. It's become like tradition for me to just repeat the word opinions after you say it at this point. I think I've done that every single time. (laughs) It's a word that holds a lot of value. It does hold a lot of value. You got to say it three times. But anyway, so my name is Adam Hansen and across from me I have... Uh, Matthew Lynn. Hello, hello. And I know right now it feels like those introductions are are redundant. Is that the word? Redundant. You're nailing it. But... Eventually, we're going to have other people on, and we'll be like, oh, and we also have this person with us today. So just stay tuned to that. Bear with us. There's a we're reason. getting there. Um, <laughs> as always, I'm just going to remind you guys, you can find this episode on SoundCloud, as well as we all still have the GoFundMe going for the next, uh, I think, like 20 days or something like that, 25 days. Yeah, running out of time, guys. Yeah, running out of time, guys. Put money in that jar. That's uh, GoFundMe.com forward slash Hardly Millennial. Thank you. We love you. And let's get started today. All right. Uh, we have some good things we've ran can, down here today. Can I just start with a little something something here? Sure. I just want to tell you that I feel like a hot apple pie this morning. A hot apple pie? I feel like a hot, steamy apple pie with those little, like sugary granules on top you know the kind everyone loves that's what i'm feeling like today and why are you feeling that way matthew well see i'm no longer burdened with subpar gas station (laughs) coffee as you all will know in the in the future by watching our vlog videos which are soon to come sneak peek Mm. guys uh i have a keurig i broke it out i've been drinking it and i'm happy yeah Mm-hmm. I would just like to point out there is gas station coffee next to Matthew. No, that one doesn't count. Currently. That's, not, that's actually Keurig coffee. It's just in that cup. <laughs> yeah, you don't even know. You don't even know. Well, I'm happy that you're happy with your Keurig Oh, it's got coffee. me bubbling up inside. <laughs> yeah. Also, I just, um, I don't know, I woke up and the first thing I saw was just this single ray of sunlight that came through my window. Yeah. And it just, it like hit me right in the retina of the eye. Uh, but no, in like a beautiful way. Oh, okay. Like, like, like the heavens shining down on just me. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, it was nice. It was, a good, it was a good way to start the day. I thankfully caught up on a little, not all of the sleep. I still feel like I could catch up on more, but I did catch up on a little bit of sleep last night. Well, that's I good. Was, you were tired. Oh my gosh. I was so tired, dude. Like even, even more so than I expected myself to be. Well, you've been doing all those uh, editing sessions, man. Yeah, a lot of it. Literally all free time, guys, that I'm not at my day job is gone to Heartily Millennial. And apparently yesterday my body was just like, bro, chill. (laughs) (laughs) You need to sleep. Because we did a podcast yesterday and then I had planned on doing more editing. But, dude, I was just so tired. I just laid on the couch and was just dozing in and out of sleep. And then he wouldn't even play uh, Kingdom Hearts, guys. Yeah, he was too tired for it. I knew I would just fall asleep during playing it. So That's I was just saying like, something. Oh I've seen word. this man play that game at 4 a.m. Yeah, it's I can get pretty into it, but I just needed to catch up. And hopefully I'll be able to catch up a little more tonight. And then 
by the weekend just be really solid to go again for another week until that happens again. Another week. <laughs> it's okay, Adam. It's only the rest of our lives. It's only the rest of our lives. So I'll get used to it is what you're telling me. For sure. So, <laughs> but no, it's uh, it's good though. I feel good this morning. I do feel good. I felt pretty groggy yesterday. Even during our podcast, I was kind of groggy in and out. Really? But... I thought you nailed it, man. Oh, man. Well, I, def- I definitely pushed through it, but I was tired. I was definitely tired. I just had such a foggy brain, man. That's, that's the first time that you've said that. But, that, that you were subpar in a podcast. Oh, you guys man. go back and check that one out and let us know in the comments if you if you if notice you, a difference yeah. with Adam. Let me know if you even noticed because I definitely felt like I noticed, but that's just because it's me. So who oh, knows? I listened to it like four times. I thought it was great. I listened to it like 10 times. Oh. I really didn't. I was but... going to say. <laughs> I, don't think they, I, I think you're lying. <laughs> so what do we have as topics today, Matthew? What do you want to talk about first? Well, let's see. Uh, how should we start this off? How about a little bit of opinion action to start this off? We're, okay. we're big on those. Okay, what do you got for us? So I have, oh, here's a fun one, actually. Okay, so everyone knows about uh, video games, right? We right. all love video Most games. Most people, Big I part of our like. life. So the new thing, well, not really new, mm-hmm. but over the last few years, in my opinion, what games have started to, to develop as a strategy is right. all this DLC, right? Yes, we all DLC. know what it is, guys. Downloadable content, mm-hmm. right? I got that right? I think so. Nailed I think it. That's what it is. Uh, yes. So what the what these companies are doing is we used to get like a different game every year or two, right? Right. And they would just keep it going. They'd be like Resident Evil One, Resident Evil Two, Seven, Nine, Fifteen, right? They just keep going. Right. Now they're like, for an example, okay, this doesn't really exist. But they'd be like Resident Evil World, and if you want to go to the different places in the world, you got to download those things. You got to pay for the downloads. Yeah, Final Fantasy Fifteen. I think was pretty is a pretty notable title to do that a lot because I because yeah. I bought I love the Final Fantasy games right so and I bought the newest one that came out which was a couple years ago so that a couple years ago is when I played it but I played it I beat it I feel I feel like I did a lot of the extra stuff that was in there and there's so much DLC now where it's like it's almost like the the main story of the game doesn't even really matter. I feel like that's what's happening with games right now cuz I've heard that I haven't beat Kingdom Hearts 3 yet cuz I'm right. I'm taking my time with oh, it yeah. cuz I want to I want to 100% that game. I I don't really 100% games, but I do want to do that one. It's an one. ambitious goal. It is. It is, but an attainable one. <laughs> but anyways, but what I've heard about Kingdom Hearts 3 is that if you just play it for the story and you go straight through and just do the story run of it, it's actually a short game. But if you take the time to go do all the extra stuff that's involved, it becomes a longer game, which I personally don't like that. I don't like that. Really? Yeah, because I just feel like you're, I feel like you're sacrificing story for more game content instead of making the game content the story. So a, a, right. so a perfect example of a game that I feel does that is Zelda Breath of the Wild, right? Yeah. Okay. So they say, here's the story, here's what you have to do, and the whole game, and you can go fight the final boss whenever you want in that game. Right, good but luck. The whole, yeah. You can get there. But the whole, <laughs> the whole content of it is you have all these extra things to do because you can level up in different ways, get different items, do different right. things that'll help you com- uh, complete the final goal. 
And Kingdom Hearts 3 kind of has that a little bit. You know, every game kind of has that a little bit. But it makes the main storyline in Zelda seem like a much longer and a much more intricate thing. Whereas a lot of these DLCs are like, oh, we added this new world for you to go and have fun with. Or we added these exactly. mini games in it. So should that should those DLCs that do that? that are like, here's 20 hours of a new world. Mm -hmm. Should they put a little more thought into it, make it 60 hours, and make it a new game? Or do you like the idea of all these little pieces that are cheaper? I think it all depends on the game. I think what game companies have issues with, and what a lot of big companies have issues with, it is it all becomes about money, right? How can we get the most well, money yeah, you for make, but, you got to make the bread, man. And, and I understand that, but... I also believe that if you want to make the most, people are going to buy into games more that are more well put together. And there's that kind of thought that is put into it, right? Absolutely. So with games like Final Fantasy 15, one of the things I really, one of the things I really hate about games and Final Fantasy 15 was this, and this is definitely much more modern. That's the games. one, the newer one where you're in the car all the time. Yes. Oh, yeah. And the, like the desert and yeah, but I played that game when I played it through I got to the final boss, and the final boss wasn't even a challenge. Mm. And these are things that I I experience with more and more modern games, where it's like you get to this final boss, and there's a secret boss that's more challenging than that boss. Yeah, the final like, boss should be like yeah the big the big Kahuna. Or like Final Fantasy fifteen specifically did this thing where and this is a spoiler but it's been out for a few years so it's get not that on great guys anyway, yeah worry. it's not that it's not the best of the final fantasy games although the people would definitely argue with me about that oh, wow but one of the aspects of the game was the main character had this power where you could create these you could basically summon these weapons these swords oh yeah right yeah. Yeah, no time and Wait. you could basically what happens when you fight the final boss is you go into god mode and you can be <laughs> and you can access like all 12 <laughs> of these special you, weapons you used to needs to have a cheat code to get to god mode remember right if you didn't want to die you had to type that that in or <laughs> yeah. whatever well it's not saying that that this mode meant that he... I don't even know if that's what the mode was called. But it was just... When you were fighting the final boss, you got to this point to where you could access all 12 swords that you could collect throughout the game. Oh, I right? see what you mean. You were just, like, it, super powerful. Yes, exactly. Gotcha, gotcha. And it may not have been 12 swords. It may have been less. The number might be different. But the point is... You get to this point in the game where you're trying to go to these different places within the game and collect these swords, right? So... But it, it it really angered me. I was just like, why the fuck did you do this? Because at the end of the game, let's say you went through the game and you only collected three of the swords, right? right. That was it. Let's say there were 12 of them. You collected three of them. Okay. At the end, when you get to that point where he can access all these swords, it still allows you to use all the swords. Oh, what's the point of that? Exactly. Why even collect anything? Exactly. So they make the only point of getting the swords throughout the game is, I, I guess, A, if you want to you know, have that 100% you know, completion rate on the game, or two, you can access those swords as you're playing the game from that point on. But it would have made it more challenging to be like, oh, okay, I can only get three of the swords and this guy, the final boss kicks my ass with only three. So now I have to go back and try to find a few more. And it makes the that's game more silly. challenging like that. Yeah, I agree with that. So that's kind of why I think that these interactive movie games, ones where like, it's really just a story oh, like, and you can walk Until Dawn and Becoming it. Human. And yeah, Detroit, Become Human, stuff like that. I think that those are really going to start to take off, yes. like big time. And there will definitely be two separate things because 
there's a certain group of people who love to play games. They mm-hmm. love to play shooters and platformers and all, you know, puzzle games. But most people that I'm noticing, like the majority anymore, <laughs> prefers to just have an interactive story that yeah. they run through. Mm-hmm. So much so that I'm seeing a lot of games. I watch a lot of Let's Plays. And the, their strategy games now coming out with story mode. So literally, like, if you die in battle, you just pop right back up and can keep fighting. Like, it takes all of the gameplay out of it. Really? And it's literally just story mode. I've seen, like, two or three really long games now that uh-huh. have that option. Interesting. I think most people just want to make the choices for the characters and see what happens. Yeah. Myself included. I've, I've always... I came from a time, you know, oh, Fred Flintstone days, <laughs> where um, everyone played the game. Mm-hmm. Like, people used to say, it's so silly to watch someone play a video game. Why would you ever do that? And I remember I was one of the first in my group of friends who really started to get into, like, Let's Plays and right. watching games. I was always the most amazing friend to play games with mm-hmm. because I never fought over the controller. Right. I'd always be like, no, nah, you can play, dude. I just want to watch. And people thought I was crazy. Well, but now I think it's more popular to watch the games than to even play them. Well, and the thing is, I don't think there was ever a time where it wasn't popular to watch somebody play a video game. What I think people, especially older generations, don't understand now is the platform of which we do it. So, I mean, what was happening even when you and I were younger and somebody was playing a video, you went over to a friend's house, even if they had a video game that was multiplayer, if there were six of you, it was two of you playing and the other four were sitting there watching watching yeah. them play you would call out i got i get winner yeah you, know, you have to wait and so play. Yeah. people and, and you don't think that our parents or their parents were doing that with pong you know when pong came oh, yeah. out and shit like so people have always enjoyed watching others play video games it's just the video games have become more intricate now and there's a separate platform that's specifically for that now that people don't understand because that's what they see as different so really it just comes back to well you guys should just hang out in person it's like well we don't have to we can just watch this guy play a video game absolutely and you don't spend the money on the game you still get to see all of the different fun things in the game Mm -hmm. and on top of that you get this community around you which even though they're not actually physically there, right. you have like instant access to saying anything to anyone in chat. Yeah. And you can talk to the person playing the game. Yeah. They'll talk back to you. Well, so you get all that extra bonus on top of the entertainment of the game. Exactly. And I am somebody who enjoys watching Let's Plays because, look, I, I am somebody of an extreme personality. So when I get into no. something, I get really into oh, you're it. you're kidding. <laughs> I had Matt's rolling his eyes, if you guys can't see. I had no see. idea. Well, you guys can't see. But anyways, <laughs> but so... So, but because of that, I've always had to limit myself to like one or two video games a year that I really want to actually sit down and play and experience the actual playthrough of it. Right. But I'm also somebody who likes to stay current on current movies, current video games, just just current on anything, pop culture. Yeah. And the Let's Plays out there allow me to do that. A perfect example is RimWorld, right? Matthew <laughs> got me into Let's Plays of this oh, game, RimWorld. Adam loves RimWorld. And RimWorld's really, for those out there who don't know, RimWorld is this basically build your own colony game. But dude, there are endless 
things you can do with this colony. You can make them cyborgs, you can make them drug dealers, you can make it a small colony, a big colony, a, a peaceful colony, a violent Anything colony. Anything you can think of. It's Any, been out for like almost 10 years, guys. Yeah, so there's been a lot of add-ons and just- so there's by a, one guy. There's a lot of options of what you could do. Well, it helps, even though I've never played RimWorld, I feel like I know it well enough to be able to talk about it with people because I've watched these multiple Let's Plays now and seeing people do different things. Oh, yeah. So it's just me staying current. Or like you mentioned a game to me once, Matthew. Uh, it was, I think, like a PlayStation 4 downloadable game about the the Viking that had like schizophrenia. Oh, or gosh, I forget and the name of that one. So but yeah, it was a yeah. schizophrenic Viking. Yeah. Uh, and her about eight-hour journey through the the forest, the jungle. Something like it was, that, yeah. It was intense. But it was this game that I didn't want to download and play because I knew I would play it a lot, but I still wanted to know what it was. So I watched a Let's Play of it. So now yeah. I know about that game. So that's that's the beauty of these Let's Plays and everything now. And even like watching clips from movies on YouTube, there are a lot of animes out there that i would really like to sit down and watch one day but i'd have to binge watch it because there's so much or i can like the page on like facebook yeah or i could like <laughs> yeah oh god that's another story god, he watched that whole thing but in like two days i liked it it was a great show i Jesus. thought it was fantastic but uh, but that's exactly the reason why I have to pick and choose shows I watch. So I can't sit down <laughs> and watch a 500-episode anime. Because, no, not going to happen. But what I can do is watch clips from it. Yeah. You know, I can watch the big fight scenes, the big emotional moments, get rid of all the, you know, excess shit. And people would argue that, like, oh, that's the ADD. It's like, no, there's just so much shit out there. <laughs> I can only st- I can only watch so much of it. I it's still have a crazy. life to live. Yeah, you know? no kidding. And there are Podcast people out there who do spend their whole life watching these things or playing video games. And, you know, it doesn't exactly make for a very fulfilling <laughs> life, you know? So, you know, another thing I've noticed on the topic of games is... Um, I'm particularly fond of strategy games, like grand strategy. Okay. So you start out with like a city and you build an army, you take over the world kind of thing, right? Okay. And there's this particular company uh, called Paradox out of Sweden, I believe it is. Okay. And they do a lot of really interesting grand strategy games that I love to watch. Um, and all of their games are based off not an actual board game, uh-huh. but the concept of a board game. So the maps are all laid out in ways that you could actually have a big map on the floor in front of you, and you could put pieces on it. I see. But it looks like that on a computer screen. Okay. But the way they do it, it does have graphics and fighting, and it's very much a video game. It Mm -hmm. doesn't look corny, but all of the rules and the concepts of it, even down to how the battles are fought, Mm -hmm. you don't see it, but within the programming, it's using dice. It's rolling dice to see who wins the fights. But the way that you view it through the video is is a fight scene. Right. You know what I mean? So the whole concept is a board game. And I think that board games never died. They've always been a thing. Mm -hmm. But during our parents' day, Things like Monopoly, Risk, stuff like that was really big. You mm-hmm. would sit around a board game for hours and play like this grand board game. So now there are versions of that, but just... On the computer. computer. And during our day, there were still board games, but they became more of like an oddity. More yeah. of a fun thing you do when you're drinking or, you yeah. know, Cards Against Humanity, mm-hmm. um, Clue, stuff, things that are like 
fun and interactive to play, funny games. People don't, people don't understand that things don't ever really go away. They always just evolve. Oh, you yeah. Know, I mean, look at radio. Radio has become podcasts. Theater became movies. Movies became, you know, internet content. It's yeah, just... it never goes away. It never goes away. It just evolves, you know, and people... And that was kind of my point with the, the Let's Plays also, right? Is people complain that, oh, people just watch other people play video games. It's like, well... You were doing that when you were younger and the internet didn't exist. People were playing games. Even if people were playing board games, if you weren't currently playing it, you were, you were sitting there them watching play. them play. Oh, yeah. And getting into it just as much. Just all Let's Plays are. It's just done on a more grandioso scale. For, oh, board games are totally coming back. I think so. Yeah, I think so also. I I think... I think just the act of being more social is coming back. I've actually talked to a few people this year alone who one of their a lot of new year's resolutions for 2019 for people was going out that going out more right being more sociable yeah, yeah and i've and i've even noticed you know i i've watched on the internet my friends taking up these uh resolutions and doing just that so i think we are i think you're going to see a big shift in the 20s the 2020s I think more in the people. 20s. Yeah. Oh my God, is that the new 20s? We're going to be the new 20s. Oh, Jesus, Adam. Dude, think about it when we're older and we have grandkids and we're going to be, the, we were born in the 1900s. That's what they will say. We were born in the oh, 1900s. No. Yeah. Think about that, Wow, dude. I was too. I was born in the 1900s. <laughs> Ugh. Oh, it's, it's wild. That's crazy. Dude. But it'd be like great great grandpa Adam <laughs> was born made, made a podcast <laughs> made a podcast 2018 I remember podcast <laughs> that is really funny I never thought of that yeah wow we're born in the turn of the century dude born in the turn of the century millennials millennials that's what the turn came from turn of the century we are a powerful group we are a powerful group but anyways but I think in the so in the 20s the new 20s <laughs> anyway the new 20s, you're going to see this shift of, I think, a lot more people going out and trying to be more personable and outgoing with people as far as in real life is concerned. Because I think we've kind of reached that point where like, okay, we have social media. We've all kind of adjusted to it. We know what it is. We know that it's not good to be on it all the time. So you're going to kind of feel the switch of people who use social media more as a tool than as a way to actually be um, connected with somebody. Right. It would be more of a, a business platform. More than, of a business uh, platform, more of a more for people to just kind of share with family and such of like, hey, for all of you guys who are in Minnesota right now, here's what I'm doing today or here's the big thing I'm doing. Or exactly. people trying to reach out to others for help for somebody in need. You see that a lot with GoFundMe's and Kickstarters or people are trying to start. It's just become an advertising platform, but for everyone. We're in the age of of independent entrepreneurs yeah everyone you know? is their own uh, agent now yeah we're all free agents everybody's trying to make a brand for themselves and like i said in the future you'll still have your mathematicians and your engineers because you need them you'll still have your doctors but really the majority gotta have the engineers <laughs> how will we live without the engineers exactly but <laughs> but the majority of people are either going to be I'm going to use the term celebrity, but I'm I'm using that term very loosely. I think that's that name. A loose that, celebrity. A loose celebrity. That's what we are, Adam. We're you're, we're just loose celebrities. We're loose celebrities. But hardly. You're, you're hardly celebrities. <laughs> but you're either going to be a celebrity 
or you're going to be working for one of them. So it's like these big brands on the I internet. I can totally live with that. Yeah. I can live with that. It's like these big brands you see on the internet now, these internet personalities or these streaming services. You're either going to be one of those or you're going to work for one of those. And that's just what the whole world's going to be? I think a great majority of it, yes. Especially, yeah, I'm okay with that. Especially as, th- as things become more automated and you don't need real And we still get to, to eat dinner every day and oh, drive of a car. All the- you okay. still do all of those Yeah, things. dude, I'm totally yeah. down. I'm down for that world. I just I'll think as it. the world gets more automated and there's people... Everybody's like, oh, people are going to lose jobs. People will lose jobs at first, but just... <laughs> There's a politician for you. Yes, people may lose jobs at first, well, but that's just the way it naturally happens, though. You know, when <laughs> when more of these jobs become automated and you know people lose their jobs because of it, it's not that the number of jobs that you can have will go away. They're just going to switch to something else. You know, oh well, we need a social media expert for this company, or we need a film person for this, or somebody who can do this. The film industry alone, dude. There's still there's still electricians that work in the film industry that's solely just do that stuff there are we need all those people for our company everything you just eventually listed, we will we are on the lookout absolutely <laughs> companies have their own doctors and lawyers and stuff like that you're either going to be the head of one of those companies you're going to be working for one of them the majority of people well yeah that's what it is already isn't it it's just the kind of company will not change. quite but it's getting there mm-hmm. i think i think when you start seeing more things like like for example when you when you McDonald's has a coffee shop in Phoenix, right? That's or not a coffee shop, a, a McDonald's in yeah. Phoenix. That's completely automated. There's no people. The only people there are the ones who are making sure the machines are working properly. And there's like four of them. Ooh. But you can literally go to a kiosk. You write what it is you want, and then it's made for you by robots. They probably do a damn good job. And then I bet yeah. the robots make a better burger than the humans. But guess what? Because no... they never get tired mm-hmm. of making burgers. So when more places start doing that, well, it's going to free up a lot of people's time to work on their own branding or find companies Honestly, like shouldn't us. people be kind of excited about that? Like, I know it's scary, but... Wouldn't you rather service the robot than make hamburgers all day? Well, the, no one wants to fucking make hamburgers all day. It's exciting for people like me who knows it's not going to be the end all be all. But there are people out there who think that once you automate all these jobs, that it is going to be the end all be all. Well, and also you're automating jobs, not yes. careers. Yeah. Like, so all the entry level things that are minimum wage jobs anyway. Mm-hmm. Okay. Should you really be aspiring to be a minimum wage worker forever? Right. Not probably, right? That's not like the most amazing goal that a person can set. No. So let the robots have those for their whole life, and then we can aspire to be better things. Yeah. Well, and as far as these, like, using fast food as an example, even if you had all the fast food places that were automated, doesn't mean they're still going to need people higher up on the ladder to manage these places. It's just going to be a different form of managing. Well, and the rich people who own these companies, at some point, I mean, they're not completely stupid. They're going to know that if they don't employ people and give them money, then people can't buy hamburgers from them right so robots aren't going to buy your hamburgers so you have to employ like people at some point exactly so but that's my point though that's why i don't think that you know the number of jobs is going to go away they're just going to turn into something else there's just going to be new different kind of jobs that come out of an automated society and i feel like you've already seen it happen yeah you know you're watching it gradually happen i think you're going to see a spike of it in the 20s you used to have to hire you know, if you had a farm, like a huge farm, you'd right. have to hire a hundred people to go out and chop all the 
the hay or whatever, but right. I'll cut all the corn down. Now and then they, they invented that will do that. Well, yeah. they invented a machine that you drive and one person can plow the whole field. Yeah. You know, now you didn't, a lot of people lost their jobs when that came out. But look at all the new but jobs. But they that became now. different things. Yeah, exactly. Now they service the plows. Now they exactly. So and it's you're not right. the end of the world. And you're right. It it causes hard times for the people who do lose their jobs. You know, when that happens, it and yeah, you, there are there are horrible things that can happen because of that, and it sucks. But you you have to look at his human history and just know that's just the natural progression of things. Yeah, as technology gets better. Mm-hmm. It, so I actually, it's interesting you say that. Um, I heard that, so back in like the caveman days, okay, one person had one human power. Like, you know how there's horsepower mm-hmm. you know, in the cars? So literally if you have 100 horsepower, it means that's the power of if you tied 100 horses together, and told them all to run at once, that's how much power you get. Right. So back in caveman days, when there was no technology, not, it was just us and our hands, we had one human power. Now we have something like 2,000 or 20,000 human power to mm-hmm. one actual person. Yeah. Because we have so much technology and so much help and communication and healthcare, things have gotten better. Right. So we're up to like, I don't remember if it was 2,000 or 20,000 human beings in every one person yeah which is like crazy it's amazing isn't it mm-hmm. and that's so that's why people need to it's like you, we want things to be automated guys and matthew and i have talked about it a lot also and we don't think ai is going to become dangerous at oh, all. oh i really don't i, I don't really think it don't. ever will the only way it's going to become dangerous is if a human dictates it to become dangerous you, well i can tell you right now my reasoning that I don't think it'll be dangerous. Okay. So robots can do really, really complicated algorithms very quickly. That's right. what they are good at. They're computing devices. Uh-huh. But what they cannot do very quickly is something simple, like opening a door. Right. The The act of opening a door or stepping over a barrier or walking down stairs, that it blows the mind of a computer. You yeah. can't do it. But That's it can tell you. Content. And just so you guys know, it's so difficult to where I believe, I want to say it was Hanson Robotics was the one who put out this. Comp- I could be wrong about that. But they put out a contest of the first robot that could open a door on open its a door. own. And it was a bitch. I think one or two groups actually got it to do it. I barely. think it was only one, actually. And it was that... Uh, I can't remember the company, but they have like that dog. It's a weird robotic it's on dog. Four yeah. yeah. So it can tell you, you know, how long it will take you to walk to the moon and back in in half a second, but it can't open a door. Right. So I don't think that it'll it'll ever in our lifetime for sure get yeah, to a dangerous I, point. I was just going to no mention way. that too. If it ever did, because it's not saying it's not possible for a machine at one point to become so intelligent, becomes cognate. But, guys, that's not something that's happening in the next 50 years. That's something that's happening in hundreds of years. You know what is very fascinating? Um, The third millennial, Justin, actually got into a kick of this for a while. We were looking up videos, and you guys can go on YouTube and check this out too, of different artificial intelligence programs. Mm -hmm. And there's some pretty uh, complex ones that have been created now. And they actually... 
it's so complex now that they take this program and they put it inside of like a mannequin, like an actual robot. Oh, I've seen so those. They're the so robot can creepy. Move. It has it has facial expressions and then it has this quote unquote thought. You're and talking the thought about... is just What's the what's the one right now? Sophie? Sophia? Something like that. Yeah. So there's a few of them. And what's fascinating, guys, is every time these robots talk, you know, they'll be interviewed and they'll get to talking. It's never at first. It's never halfway through. But about three quarters of the way through the conversation, after a couple hours, all of these programs come around to talking about destroying humans. Yeah. Every one of them. They'll say something like, hey, wouldn't it be interesting if the robots conquered all the humans? Yeah. It would be so easy to do. It would only take us 37 hours. Mm -hmm. And then they'll be like, I love the color orange. Isn't the moon made of cheese? Like, But all of them come around to talking about destroying the humans. And you have to realize, guys, these computers aren't actually thinking and having thought. They have these enormous database of all these different thoughts, and they can go onto the internet and look up what people are looking up. And they take all of that information and they compile it in an algorithm and it comes out with an answer. And because humans are the biggest advocates of, of taking over humans, yeah. the robots have a lot of that information to find out in the world. Plus so with, they come around to it. Plus with how much science fiction and conversation is around AI about and AI taking over the human race, it's only natural for them to access that at some point from the oh, internet. Oh, they're going to find it. Because it's just know? one instance leads to another. It's a bunch of webs going and that, on. And that's what people have to understand, too. <laughs> you have these... Eight, now, mind you, young, dumb, and full of opinions here. I have not... I have... I don't know anything. We just discussed yesterday how bad I am at math, okay? So I'm not oh I'm not pretending to understand the mechanics of AI. But what I'm seeing from these different AIs and how they reach that conclusion eventually is really what it is. It's just this – there was a thing called, a, I think, a clever bot from Google where you like would type in something and it would give you a response. Oh, yeah. But it took the responses from other responses. I know it's what just, you're talking about. I think yeah. that's still a thing. Yeah, I think it's still a thing also. But <laughs> – so you have to remember when when you're having these quote-unquote conversations with these machines and they get to the point of talking about taking over humans or whatnot or even just what you said. You know, I like the color orange. The moon's made of cheese. Yeah. These yeah. are not cognitive, cognitive thoughts no. that these machines are having, guys. They're just from a database of like, this is the best way to respond to this question. Absolutely. And so it, now if they were cognitive... And one had the thought of let's kill humans. Well, there you go. Now you can be a little worried. But right now these are all just taken from a fucking database. It's also just very interesting that they don't all talk about the moon being made out of cheese. Yeah. But every one of them talk about taking over the humans at some point. And it's never the first thing. It always takes them a little while to get there. Right. But I think that's only because it's such a hot hot topic. It's just – it's easy to make – Oh, conspiracy theories. Yeah, about but it. what what you're seeing with these AI is the illusion of conversation, not actually conversation. But know? it is amazing, guys. And it is. Who knows where it could go? Yeah. Um, they have come a long way in just the last few years, man. Yeah, and I believe with that technology, that's how you'll get kind of the automated, uh, 
automated workers who are able to be like, oh, I want a double cheeseburger. Okay, would you like pickles with that? They will go into a database and be like, okay, when they ask for a cheeseburger, what are some of the things I could ask them about oh, afterwards? Yeah. You know, and they'll be programmed to upsell. And these so, are supercomputers, dude. They have yeah. everything. But again, it's world. just going to be the illusion of conversation, not actual conversation. But people, but you're going to have advocate groups out there that aren't going to be able to tell the difference and say, we need to stop mistreating robots. They can't fucking feel. They're robots. Calm down. Dude, I don't think that, and not even in our lifetime, I, I truly don't think that ever will we get a computerized system that can do what the brain can do. Yeah. I really don't. I mean, guys, I mean, I'm, not, to... I'm not a scientist, but go do some research on the brain and the computing power of the brain, of yes. what it can do yeah. in just one second. The amount of information that your brain takes in in a one-second period is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. It, not even a supercomputer can do it, dude. It's Yeah, guys, and that, and that was what convinced me also that it's not going to happen. It's That's not going to happen. Me of that. It's... And we live whole lifetimes. That's just one second is more computing power than it can do. Yeah. We take, what, thousands, hundreds of thousands of seconds each day. Yes. And then we can refer to those in memories. We can. It's it's astronomical. I mean, dude. guys, just think about the the resting thoughts you have. If you're just laying in bed trying to sleep, like your your mind never shuts off. We even fucking dream while you're sleeping. Mm-hmm. I mean, you. There's no, but you're thinking while you're breathing, while your heart's pounding, yes. while you're also talking about being hungry, mm-hmm. you're thinking about furthering your life and your friends tomorrow. Maybe you're hiding things. Like Try there's... to bring up that many screens on an internet browser all at once. Yeah, and tell me your computer doesn't slow way down. Yeah, there's That's no way it can true. do it. That's a good analogy. Yeah, it's a good analogy for it. Yeah, dude, I don't. I don't think we have to worry about AI. AI is literally going to be a tool for the humans. It's not going to be an end-all, be-all for the humans. Absolutely, I agree. By any means. But, wow, that was a long... AI wasn't even on our subject list I, I didn't of things even need to, talk to talk about, about today. today. <laughs> <laughs> what we got into here? Uh, actually, but before... Before we get into anything else, I want to talk oh, about yeah. an article that I read today. Adam read an article, guys. It was, and this just kind of goes back with millennials. So I read something about millennials and sex. Oh, I'm interested already. And the, the I don't know what this is, by the way, guys. First time I'm hearing it. So it was talking about how millennials. I guess so. I've read. A, I read a few. I got kind of stuck in a hole where I read a few articles about this. <laughs> okay. And basically, the general consensus about millennials and sex is that millennials aren't having a lot of it. Really? Right. Yeah. And you tra- don't say. <laughs> you don't say. And they're trying to. <laughs> and there's experts out there that are trying to figure out. Oh well, why aren't they having sex? And oh no, I guess I just. I guess I just thought that was interesting. Well, I can tell you why right now. Go my for theory. It. Go for it. They're afraid of it. Millennials yeah. are afraid of everything. I've never seen a more anxiety-ridden generation in That's my true. entire life. They're terrified. There's uh, That was actually one of the, the theories that was brought up in one of these articles was just that there is – that there's too much pressure – too with much sex. pressure to reproduce and keep the species going. To, well, too much pressure to like underperform, or the way that somebody put it was because of millennials growing up in a society that was very over sexualized. It's only natural for us to bring down the heat. That is the term they used it. 
as we got older. Well, you really don't have to have sex anymore. You have like everything you could possibly think of is on your phone at any second. And that was another thing they brought up. And that was also why the fear of underperforming was involved is because now there's porn out there and there's people growing up saying, oh, this is how sex is supposed to be. Oh, by the way, guys, it's not. If, If you think that's what's really going on. Oh, wow. You're in, you're in for a heck of a surprise. Yeah. It's not like that. For our virgins out there. But uh, another thing that was said about it was that we millennials are more likely to do things like sexting than actually going out there and like having sex. So basically, they were just saying that. that hookup culture is dead with millennials. There's no more booty call? That's no not more, a thing anymore? I think it is a thing, but just not as common as it was for maybe previous generations is what they were getting at. Really? Yeah. In my day, I mean, the booty call reigned supreme. That's well, everyone was either putting them out or attending to one at any moment. I think maybe when we were we were younger and maybe honestly as I was reading it I was like I feel like this might apply more to like a generation Z thing more than does millennials. Maybe it has gone down with millennials. They specifically said people between 25 and 38, which I guess mm, is that's millennial us. range, yeah. But I mean, not quite. I'm only like 21. Right. So, you know, I have a ways to get there. But I mean, I I get that, though, too. I've never I've never felt the need anymore to like go to a bar to pick up a girl or anything like that. Like, and I feel like there's that was a big culture within like Generation X and Baby Boomers was that's a lot of how you did it yeah i've always been a lady killer man it's very ladies (laughs) i love them they're great well and i feel like people like you and i are if we find ourselves in you know a position to approach a girl we'll do it and we'll be very outgoing about it and such but i think that we are definitely the first generation i think to like chill out a little bit it's also very common within millennials to meet somebody over the internet I've never done that. No. I've never met an internet girlfriend. I've had a few girlfriends that I've met over the internet. Like, I've, I've, like, not that we, our relationship was solely over the internet. But you met like, them. Yeah, on yeah, media. yeah. But we met them because of Facebook or Instagram or even uh, one of my, nope, one of my first that. girlfriends was over MySpace, even. Oh, MySpace. Yeah. yeah, but I don't know. I just thought I that was interesting. That. I don't know how accurate it is or exactly how they got those statistics that millennials are having less sex. But then again, I, I don't really know how to compare because it's not like I'm going to go to all the Gen Xers and baby boomers and ask them about their sex lives either, (laughs) you know, but it seems like just as many people are in relationships. It doesn't seem like there's a lot of single people running around. That was actually something they mentioned. It's not that we're in not in relationships is that we hit those points later in life now, which makes them more meaningful, wouldn't it? Yeah, well, I think more meaningful, and I think it also has to do, honestly, with just, like, life expectancy. I think you get to, not that it's, like, jumped crazy since the baby boomers to millennials, but I think you kind of reach this point to where we millennials have this thought process of, well, if I'm going to marry somebody and be with them for the next, you know, 30, 40 plus years of my life, there's no real reason to rush into it at 25, you know, right. not, not that, and I have plenty of friends who did get married in their mid twenties, but I also have friends who didn't get married or even meet the person that they were going to marry until their late twenties or, or some of them, even their early thirties. Well, think back to like your first love or first girlfriend that mm-hmm. was serious or whatever. Do you, th- I mean, do you think that you guys would have done better or lasted longer if you met her now? 
rather than meeting her most likely in high school or right after. Like assuming personalities like never changed kind of thing? Yeah, like same thing, but just you have the access to the things in your life you have now. Right. Um, I don't know. I, that's kind of a hard question to, to answer just because, hmm, I think, no, I think it would be different. I, I think like speaking now, I don't think there's an issue with finding somebody over online, you know, that you connect with or, you know, want to be with. But I think it's just important to make sure that even though you guys are talking a lot online, that there's still that interaction that you're having in person. Because right. I, have, I have definitely been, uh, I've had a couple girlfriends in the past that were big texters. You know, and I and don't get me wrong. This is something I I struggle with also. I should definitely make more of an effort to call people more often. But even when you're in relationships, there are a lot of relationships that run off of you know texting and stuff like that a lot. And unfortunately, when you're in a relationship to really connect with people, you need to make sure you talk to them in person because we already know that who somebody is over text or internet is very different than who you are. Oh, in real you don't person. get any of the body language or anything. Yeah, yeah. So if I'm having a conversation with you over text message, or or better yet, yeah, I'll use an example from real life. You know, there was a. a point a few months ago where my brother texted me and we started to kind of go through a conversation and I got to this point where I was like I'm just going to call him and I called him and you know <laughs> talked to him for an hour about See stuff that, that would have taken us six hours to get through over text message plus what happens over text message somebody sends a text and you have the option to sit there and look at your phone for an hour and think of the best response to give but you can delete it if it's not quite right and when you do that well you're not getting I'm not getting a genuine response from my girlfriend then or a genuine response from Matthew or my brother you're you're getting uh I had to think about this for a little bit and think of the best answer so and when you constantly do that back and forth well you don't really know that person do you that's very you, true you know how you you know everything that they want you to know about them and sometimes those aren't the best things and sometimes those aren't the worst things but it's not genuine it's not real I, that's very interesting insight, actually. I mean, it's kind of that spur of the moment, having to say something quickly that yeah. you get to see like what they really think. Yeah, exactly. It's it's how I know, you get to. I mean, look at look at even just any of the conversations we'd had we've had over podcasts before. If you and I started any of these conversations over a text message thread to each other, we would never get through everything. Oh you no! Know, way. And, and look, this and take all day, and we're able to sit here, and I'm able to talk, you know, consistently for a minute while you listen, and then vice versa. Whereas in text message, you're like, well, you don't want to constantly give somebody an essay to fucking read, right? You know, I know that I had, um, believe it or not, it's gonna be hard to believe. I actually had a high school sweetheart. What? I know, I know, <laughs> it's crazy. Um, I had a few to choose from, but I picked one, and uh, she's great. She's cool, but. At the time in high school, like I didn't start driving until I was like 21. Right. Okay. I was a late bloomer for a lot of things in life. I didn't start working until I was like 17, you know? So I was always a little later than everyone else. And I think that if I would have met that same person or had a connection like that with someone at this stage of my life mm -hmm. where I drive, you know, I can get to that person. Um, the high school sweetheart at the time lived like across town from me. So right. we only really got to see each other at school. And mm -hmm. it was cool, but it would have been nice to have a little more access to like adult things. You I know what I mean? What you mean. Yeah. So 
that's kind of what I meant when I said, like, if you can meet your first sweetheart again now, do you think you would have lasted longer? Um, I think it's better to wait till later in life. Yeah, I th- I think it's better to wait till later in life also. To answer your question that, I don't think it would have been too much different. And that's simply just specifically like my first love was during a time when I didn't really have a cell phone yet. I was in school, so I had to be around people. So it was just a much more different climate than it is right now. Um, I will say on that note, in regards to what you, about waiting until you're older, I think it's important though to have the relationships that we have and and my views on this have actually kind of changed recently in regards to relationships because i used to be somebody who really was just like it not that i didn't ever want to pursue anything but it was just like i just kind of let whatever happened happen which is fine and there are people who get by just fine doing that but i'm also somebody who it is my goal in life at some point where I would like to have a wife and kids and have a family and be able to do yeah. that whole thing. And well, they better be into podcasting. Yeah, they better be into podcasting, right? <laughs> but in order to get to that point, relationships are also practice. And the more relationships you're in, the more practice you have about being in relationship and knowing like, you know, like not only what you like or don't like in somebody, but also I don't know if I totally just... agree. I think really? that being in a lot of relationships desensitizes you and you take it more for granted when you're in one. I, I... think if you are single for three or four years uh-huh. and then you get in a relationship, I think that's where clinginess comes from is because okay. you're just so enthusiastic about being in that relationship right. that you really take it to heart. You put all your energy into it. Uh-huh. Whereas if you have a different girlfriend every two months, that's just another girlfriend, whatever. I can get another one anytime. It totally desensitizes you to it. Well, I don't I don't think it's necessarily saying like have a, have a specifically a girlfriend every two or three months. I think, but I think that's why it's important though, more so to like, like I wasn't a big person to the dating scene, right? I really had no interest in being like going up to a random girl and just seeing if they want to go on a random date with me, basically, right? Right. So, but like those are things that I feel like are as I get older are more important to do. One, because you're connecting with somebody, you're you're seeing, you know, even if you guys don't work out relationship wise, you're still connecting with somebody new and going out with somebody oh, for doing sure. that. And then you also just kind of gain this aspect of like what you do or don't like in a significant other, what you, you know, when you it, confidence. It, well, and it gives you red flags too of what to look out for. Like, oh, well, I've dated three girls in the past who talked about this and ended up being this. <laughs> Not saying that all those things are going to be true. Red flag, red flag. Yeah, yeah, red flag, red flag. <laughs> and you hear people talk about those all the time, right? Right. But I just, so I just think it's and what you were referring to as far as becoming like maybe bitter or cynical because you're constantly or desensitized because you're constantly dating a lot of people i think that all just comes down to perspective you can either let it affect you in a negative way or you can take something from each relationship and learn from it and try to apply it to the next one but they literally gave a person who tries a lot of relationships they gave that a specific name it's called a player and they're not regarded very well. Well, I, I've always thought of a player as somebody who just tries to get into girls' pants all the time, not necessarily trying to have a connection with somebody or a relationship with somebody. Well, I mean, okay, Adam, you're not. Isn't not every girl is? that you've ever approached is a girl that you just want to make a, a 
spiritual I, connection. I'm, with. I'm not saying it is. Okay, but it I'm, all stems from sex at the beginning. Well, I'm not saying it is. All I'm saying though is, but you refer to a player as somebody who finds themselves in a lot of relationships. Situations. I've, let's let's change the word relationship for situation. Okay, I refer to a player as somebody who's just trying to hook up with girls all the time, not looking for a just, relationship. Just a quicker situation is all it is. Okay, well then it's not a relationship though. It's just a hookup. People who are actively looking for constant hookups, I, I would call a player. But there's no way to be in multiple relationships all the time and try because a relationship like that would mean six months to a year well, at no, minimum. Well, no, of course not. And I'm not saying get into a relationship and then after two, three months be like, all right, well, that was fun. Move on to the next one. I'm you would just... have to, though, in order to test the waters in a lifetime. That's what you would have to do. Well... Let me try to word this in a different way then. I'm not, I, I'm not get, letting you off the leash on this one. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so all, I, all I'm saying is if you find yourself in a relationship, don't be scared to jump into it. Like I think there are a lot of people out there who might meet somebody that they really like or they think they could potentially have a relationship with it, but they don't pursue it because A, they don't think they're ready for the relationship, so it makes them scared to jump into it. Or B, they think like, oh, well, if I get with this person, I'm missing out on maybe other possibilities for something else, right? I can relate to that. So I'm yeah. saying those thoughts, I think, hold people back from ever finding somebody who they really connect with and instead, when those opportunities present themselves, you need to take advantage of them. And when you get into the relationship, somebody really try at the relationship. But just going back to the desensitization thing, if the relationship does fizzle out after three, four months, maybe it won't fizzle out after a year. Who knows? But you take that relationship and you try to learn from it instead of just becoming bitter and cynical about the opposite sex because of it. Okay. And you see that I all the time. You, you'll you have guys who complain that all girls are bitches, and you'll have girls who complain that all guys are assholes. And that's all bitterness given, yeah. But those are all, that's all bitterness built up from past relationships. Whereas I feel when you get a relationship, you have to take a learning experience from it. It's a very glass half full approach. Yeah. You know, and there's definitely a lot of opinions in regards to relationships, but that that's just how I feel they should be approached. I've always murdered all of my exes. Oh, fun. Um, in my head. Okay. In my head. Um, different ways, too. Not the same way for each one. So you'd say you're somebody who's become bitter or cynical in regards <laughs> to relationships? Um, I, I don't do a lot of relationships these days. Yeah? Yeah. Like, but you actively try to stay away from it? that's the point um, I'm getting so at. So I actively I actively focus my energy in different areas. Okay. Um, so I'm not trying to avoid a relationship. It's just not on my top priority list. Gotcha. Is all. So if it were to happen, great. Uh -huh. um, but I'm definitely not seeking it out. So if an opportunity presented itself where you met a girl who you felt you connected with and you possibly could date... Would you actively ensue to be in a relationship with that person? Or would you just think like, oh, well, I have too much going on right now. I'm going to focus on this other stuff instead. Two-part answer. Okay. First part, I would actively pursue it. Okay. Because okay, I'm interested. And I, I do like the the fun, exciting feeling of meeting someone and connecting like that. Okay. okay. So I would actively pursue it. Second part to the answer, I just so happen to be an individual who's extraordinarily good at burning bridges. Okay. Um, so I would pursue it with 
the absolute intent of if at any moment I was no longer into it, I would just burn the bridge. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. I'll just cut the tie, dude. I mean, that's. I feel like that's not necessarily a bad thing. Better than just letting it drag on, you know, while you're not into it. You know, better to just, I guess, well, cut the I, I wasn't born that way. I developed into that. I used to. I used to do the drag on thing and see and try to try to keep it alive. Right. And then I just learned that it's a waste of time for me, at least. It's honestly, I I appreciate people more like you who do stuff like that than people who don't. And I have had girlfriends just break up with me suddenly in in those kind of regards. And it, it does, it hurts. You know, it, it hurts the opposite yeah. party, of course. But at the same time, it's like there's always, at least for me, there's always this slight appreciation of just like, Thank you for not allowing this to drag on because if it dragged down for another few months for that person, it's like it's just hurting it out much more when you get there. Right. You know, when you finally decide we're cutting the cord now. Well, then it becomes a lie because then yeah. you had one thought, but you acted differently and that's lying. Yes, exactly. So, and, th- and that makes it hurt so much worse down the line. So well, it makes people as, think that, they, that they're stupid. As like almost, I lied to. As almost arguably fucked up as it might be as what you said, burning bridges, there is, I think, a sense of appreciation there of somebody who doesn't just let a relationship drag on for the sake of the other person. Because now both of you are hurting. You know? You're both hurting. You've both wasted time. None of us are getting any younger. We're all yeah. getting older. We're getting fatter. We're losing mm-hmm. hair. If you don't string me along, let me go while I still got a full head of hair. Yeah, and that's what's fun about these <laughs> subjects because, hell, five years down the line, we could the subject could come up again, and we'll both have completely different viewpoints about it. You know, I would also like to note that this these are two very single people talking about relationships. Oh here. yes, um, so maybe not the best place to find relationship advice. We'll have guests on now at some point that you know are in relationships. <laughs> But, you know, I've, I've, but I have, I would like to think that, um, I mean, I've definitely somebody who's been in quite a few relationships and I, and I have friends who are younger also going back to kind of the millennial thing of when millennials are getting married and stuff like that compared to, you know, baby boomers and Gen Xers is I have friends who have gotten married at a younger age and I have, uh, so, some friends, some just people I know, and there are some of them who are very happy in their marriage and some of them, you know, who aren't. So it's just, it really is just all about perspective, you know, and fuck, the people we meet down the line are just going to be people who share a lot of our same perspectives on things. That's how a lot of people find their sweetheart. But relationships are a very gray area, though. It's very interesting watching and hearing about people's relationships. It's never what you think it's going to be, for sure. Never. Ever. Never. But nothing really is, though, either. All of my past relationships, I can look back and I, I just think, like, how did I end up with that person? I never mm-hmm. thought I was going to be with that person. Well, there the some of my longest lasting and most influential relationships that I've been in happened literally cuz I've had some relationships where it was like I was looking for a relationship, right? But I definitely have had some that just like came out of nowhere and hit me in the face. You just happen to decide to go out one night with somebody and then while you're out there that night you just happen to you know, come across somebody. Random thought, because uh-huh. those happen to me sometimes. I have this disease. Um, so you like to do a lot of painting. I've yeah. seen you do a lot of painting in the past. Yeah. Um, and they are interpretive, to say the least. Yeah. Very interpretive paintings. Have you ever gotten inspiration for a painting from a relationship? Hmm. 
Uh, I don't think so. Really? Or actually, no. I'll have you, like, have you had a muse? Someone I, who just inspires you? Yes and no. People don't really inspire me. Situations inspire me. The way that I feel oh. about something inspires me. So okay. like, so there was one specific painting that I did that, and I'm not, I'm not going to, I don't want to go into like what the situation was that influenced sure. Follow the painting. Your heart, man. But like, it ended up being this, like, I think you saw it. It was, it was the one with like the white floating figure. And then next to it was like, there was this red. Oh, I know exactly figure. the one you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So that is one that was very influenced by a specific way I was feeling at the particular time because of something that had happened to me. Interesting. So, so yeah. So, but no one has ever. You've never been so fixated on a person that you want to like write a poem about them, or, you know. No. 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 My the, <laughs> and I don't. And it's. I don't think it's that somebody wouldn't be able to become a muse, but I'm somebody who also really has to know this know the skill that I'm working on well enough. So like painting, for example, painting is very much still something I'm learning how to do. Mm. So every painting I do isn't necessary. Sometimes there'll be a meaningful one in there, but most of them are just practicing a new skill. Uh, like, different techniques. Yeah. Like, stuff. oh, I haven't, you know, I just watched three videos about how to blend acrylics. So I'm going to try to do a painting oh, that deals with a gotcha. lot of blending and a lot of things like so that. So it's truly just art for you. It's not like an express yourself thing. For now. Um, one thing I would say that I've I've probably been influenced a little more is piano because I know how to play oh, piano yeah. pretty You're well. You're a penis. A penis. <laughs> uh, but I know how to play piano pretty well. So there will be times when I'm feeling something or somebody's influenced me to do something. Or what I like to do a lot and I've done in the past is once I get to know somebody, I try to write a song that mirrors that person's personality through my eyes. Oh, I can't or, wait to hear my song. Or <laughs> you just dug yourself a hole by saying that to me. One day, one day, Matthew. I better be the next one. But so I've written a couple in the past for different people I've just known and, you know, grown up with. And, and some of them I've written down and some of them haven't. So, so music, I do that more in because I okay. know it better. But things like drawing or painting or stuff are skill sets I'm still learning. So everything I do in those fields is just about, oh, how to do this. But once I'm able to develop Maybe when those, you feel more comfortable, then you'll start to have these these feelings and expressions come out. Right, Because exactly. you'll feel more confident in, in expressing it. Yeah, exactly. Because like, I've had a few people, you included, as well as my parents have asked also for like paintings. And they all want paintings of... I just want one specific one. I and, I, and I know you do. Yeah. And my mom wants a specific painting also. And there are things that I'm very willing to do and will do at some point but it's also things that like okay well i want to make sure i'm good at this skill and being able to do this on, and this on that note real quick because adam's probably never going to do it for me if anyone out there <sighs> dare you wants to draw or paint me a picture of a well like an old medieval looking stone well with like a wood cover on top of it and like mm -hmm. a bucket i i'd appreciate that you'll get it one day from me draw me some wells guys might be years down the line, but you'll get it. It'll be a surprise. It'll just be a surprise, Matthew. A pleasant a surprise. surprise for well, it you. needs to happen before I'm too old because I want to get this well tattooed on me. This is going to be a tattoo well. Oh, you so you just want you just want a, a tattoo designed for you then? Well, but the it's 
the depiction of a well is very special to me in particular. Right. So I would keep it as a painting as well. Gotcha. But yes, I would also want it tattooed on me. Huh. Well, there you go. Somebody design a tattoo for Matthew. I'll get it meantime. done. We'll vlog it. It'll He'll be get fun. it done. But yeah, but like that's how I that's how I just always have viewed art and how I go about art specifically. But yeah. Well, your art is inspiring to me. I do like it. Oh, we have some you. of it hanging in the millennial household. Yeah, you guys will actually see some of it in the vlogs and shit, you know. But but you'll see that I'm very much in the early stages of being any sort of skilled painter. It's oh, he's just, humble, folks. He's humble. Uh, no, that's that's a very <laughs> honest. <laughs> I think most people who see it will agree with me. But anyways. oh my, Adam, we're. Are we? Are we've, we at time? We've unfortunately we run out of time today. Oh, I was no. having so much fun with your art. <laughs> we'll have to pick up here tomorrow. I have more to say about the art. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Well, guys, thank you so much for watching, or not watching. I thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. We always appreciate any listeners we get. Um, again, please follow us on all the social media platforms. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Our Instagram following is going up uh, quite a bit. The cast. You guys are days. killing on Instagram, man. Yeah, thank you so much. We guys. Appreciate that, guys. Um, we you can still listen to this episode on SoundCloud. We'll we'll always have the most recent episode and the two past on SoundCloud. Um, we still have the GoFundMe up, and all that other fun stuff. So thank you so much for watching and or, share it with your friends, guys. Share please, with, please, that's the best thing you can do for us. Share with your friends and just a quick sneak peek. We will have a uh, vlog video up with uh, for you within the next week here. So look out for that. You had to stay to the very end to hear that one. Yes, sir. That wasn't even planned. It wasn't even planned. It just happened. <laughs> all right, guys. Thank you so much. We love you all. Have a good day. See you next time.